Please always consult with your physicians prior to making any changes to your treatment plan. Music is courtesy of Ryan Hamner. Welcome to Living with Scanxiety, the cancer podcast, a podcast geared to help you navigate the pediatric cancer world. As a mother of a child who battled a soft tissue sarcoma for over a year, your host, Rosaria Kozar, understands and will help guide you through your journey. She brings the knowledge of experts, families, survivors, and other organizations tied to the pediatric cancer world to your doorstep. Her mission is to inform, support, and promote hope for you and your family. This is where hope lives. This is where hope thrives. Together as one. What I'm most proud of with One at a Time is the one-on-one support we provide for the families and the relationships we have. So many of the kids, like Sam, like we're still friends to this day. Emily's mom, Karen, who we lost Emily four years ago, me and her mom still go to dinner and still hang out and still talk. And um, it's these relationships that we build and not only myself and the kids, but our volunteers and some of our sponsors and donors that come to events and meet the kids um, and friends become friends of friends within the one at a time community. That's what really makes us different. Um, and something that I'm super proud to be part of. Hi, this is Rosaria. And today we're going to talk about community and building community through different types of organizations. In this case, it's a nonprofit. You might not have heard of it because it's fairly new. It's called Campaign One at a Time. And I have the president, Brody Nicholas, with me. And they are out of Orange County, California. But don't worry, they walk they are located or work with people all over the country. And by people, I mean children um, that have medical difficulties. So we're going to talk to him and get more details from him. So welcome to the show, Brody. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is all mine. And I want to start off by asking, why did you start this? So it was about 2014. Yeah, that was the year. Wow, six years flown by. Um, we briefly chatted about this before the podcast started, but yeah, I was a full-time musician and um, I was doing my thing. Kind of just had a really cool life and was playing shows. I owned a recording studio and was living up in Sacramento at the time where I grew up. And I, I don't know how to say it every time I tell this. I just had a lot of stuff and I had a lot of things going on. Um, but to be honest, something was missing. And uh, I was going through a lot of like, you know, people, stuff that people don't see on Instagram, right? Like I was getting out of a four-year relationship, like I was going through family problems, like owning things are cool, but there's bills associated with all of that. Just like a lot of adulting, right? And uh, every day when I pull out of my driveway, I see this little girl, Sam, my next door neighbor, playing basketball every single day. And I was heading to the studio one day and I saw that Sam wasn't outside, I thought that was weird, and I didn't think much of it. Two days go by, a week goes by, two weeks go by, Sam is not playing basketball. And uh, I finally run into her mom out front, and I was like, hey, where's Sam been? And she's like, oh, um, you know, she was having leg pains. We thought they were growing pains, and uh, we took her to the doctor. She's actually diagnosed with leukemia, and she's actually, you know, living there now. And I remember just, like, um, heading to my studio that day, and a couple weeks actually went by, and just – sitting there and thinking about like how hard my life was and then thinking about what she was going through and how much harder that is. And, um, it's something that's still, once again, I just, I call it my moment, I guess. Um, I can't really explain it, but I just had this burst of just wanting to do something. 
Um, at the time, I, you know, I'm just just a normal guy living in Sacramento, and I called a couple friends and I knocked on her parents' door, and we started selling these bracelets at all of my shows. And 100% of everything that we made went to helping make Sam's dream come true. She had like three wishes: to learn how to ride a bike again, to be able to go swimming like a normal kid again, to learn to play the drums, and with the money we were able to raise, we were able to do all of those things for her. And uh, we decided to sponsor another kid, another kid, and I just got obsessed with it. And it grew into what most people know today as campaign one at a time. Wow. And, you know, it's interesting that you say it kind of hit you um, and was life changing for you because as a caretaker, it totally hits like a ton of bricks. It's nothing you ever expect. And then you're thrust into this world and it's completely an unknown world. You don't know what's going to happen. And for you to do that for Sam, I'm sure she is grateful. She is a survivor, correct? She is a survivor. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and yeah, no, I, I mean, I can't even imagine, right? Like, well, I think a lot of people can't, and I never did until I experienced it. And, you know, we went on to sponsor, you know, we sponsored hundreds of kids or contributed to hundreds of kids now, but the second child we ever sponsored, Emily, she had relapsed for the second time, spent a lot of time with her. And then two weeks before I moved to LA, she passed away after her, yeah, relapsing again. And it's just like, that was the first time that I got to see it really up close, you know, and, and be in it. And it's just, once again, it just hit another chord with me that that's just been going nonstop since that, like what, what some of these families go through, what, what you've gone through. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And for you to have a podcast like this to shed light on that for other families, I think it's huge. So amazing stuff. Thank you. Thank you. And how do you differ from other wish campaigns? For sure. Uh, we definitely get, yeah, a lot of people ask that. And I, I love answering this one is because, yeah, we do the fundraising, we do the gift giving, we do the trips, we do the the videos you've seen, all that stuff. But what I'm most proud of with one at a time is the one-on-one support we provide for the families and the relationships we have. So many of the kids, like Sam, like we're still friends to this day. Emily's mom, Karen, who we lost Emily four years ago, me and her mom still go to dinner and still hang out and still talk. And um, it's these relationships that we build and not only myself and the kids, but our volunteers and some of our sponsors and donors that come to events and meet the kids, um, and friends become friends of friends within the one at a time community. That's what really makes us different. Um, and something that I'm super proud to be part of. Wow. sounds like it's really like a organic organization mm -hmm. and keeping that sense of community is huge. What if you had to name something that was the most interesting wish did you provide where you were like oh my gosh i can't believe we put this together but we did it yeah oh that's a that's a tough one because there's been some good ones uh i have to say and it's funny because now we're working on current ones that we haven't released and i'm like oh these are pretty good too but i'll save those for another time but but an interesting one we did um was I guess it's just one of my favorites. There was a child up in Northern California and he wanted to go to a Giants game, a baseball game. Um, and we're like, okay, cool. L let's make that happen. You know, let's fundraise to get him some tickets. We'll get his parents a hotel for the, a couple nights, I think, to stay in San Francisco. Um, but once again, in true OAT fashion, one of the time fashion with our community, we kind of shared that. And one of my now board members, Robert, his sister was working at Jersey Mike's. I don't know if you guys have those on the East Coast. She she like did the catering, I guess, for the Giants. Mm -hmm. 
she she introduced us to the guy that manages all like the tickets and the philanthropy and we ended up being able to take this kid and his family to not only a Giants game but he got to meet his favorite player Buster Posey um, in the the team um, clubhouse um, and yeah I got to take him down there Buster brought not only like a gift bag like a generic gift bag it was all Buster Posey branded stuff and then a specialized jersey for him with Nathaniel's name on it which is just like so special and then we got to go out on the field, which is, to be honest, one of my childhood dreams. So that was <laughs> um, and then they even they let us and the family go out and they ended up taking Nathaniel on his own to the dugout and the batting cages and giving him this experience. And and once again, it was just so cool to to be able to just spend the day with his family and see them escape from it all for just a little while. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally relate to this. And like just for those couple hours that I got to be with them at the game, like me and his dad just hung out the whole time and uh, they just got to just enjoy everything about your first baseball game. They got the full experience and we actually just celebrated um, Nathaniel's end of chemo. It was a drive-by, but just once again, we're able to stay in touch with these families years after the campaign. Um, But that's always one that stuck with me. That one was really, really cool. That's great. And the fact that you celebrated the end of his chemo, you must have really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's cool, too, because we live in Orange County now, and they live about six hours away, and my girlfriend and I drove up there and surprised them. Um, And it's just always fun, once again, just keeping in touch with these families and watching these kids grow up. And how do they get a hold of you? How do they get these dreams fulfilled? All word of mouth. So we have an online application program where, yeah, they just fill out an application, and you know, we, we have these kids from all over the United States, and we just go over their stories, and, you know, depending on what the situation is, sometimes what the dream is, um, whatever we're compelled to is, yeah, we kind of just find them that way. Also social media, a lot of like, you know, parents will tag other parents or send them the form. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how we find our kids. And what happens if a child is chronically, and I, I hate to use that word, but chronically neutropenic. So that means they can't see you. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's kind of what's going on right now. And so, so yeah, we just, obviously we, we aren't able to send volunteers in, we're not able to visit them. And depending on their dream, like for instance, um, Ethan was a child in Los Angeles that we sponsored last year. We fundraised for him to go to Hawaii and he was going through treatment. So he obviously couldn't leave to Hawaii because his counts were you know up and down. So his trip, hopefully it's happening, is set for November of this year. So sometimes with these dreams, we just kind of backlog them for later. You know, mm-hmm. if it's an experience that really needs like, obviously, you know, going somewhere or spending one-on-one time or somewhere outside of the hospital or their home, we could just kind of backlog it and we save the funds for them or save the trip for them for another time. Um, and then as far as like, yeah, not being able to see the kids, we just do a lot of like isolated things. We, um, we've teamed up with some Disney princesses and we like do virtual character calls for kids that are in the hospital. We send care packages through the mail. Um, a lot of stores or retailers are awesome now. You can do virtual gift cards. So we've done that for families, just different ways, um, to yeah, interact with the kids. We posted Lego parties where we'll put Legos together with the kids while they're in the hospital. Uh, we, we get creative, you know, we always figure it out. That's fantastic. And these packages that you're sending out, what do they look like? What do they contain? Yeah. So we have two separate kinds. So the one, basically our whole motto is if, 
you put an application with one at a time and you do have a child battling a life-threatening illness, we will do something. Um, unfortunately, we can't sponsor every single child or do something super epic, but we will do something and that comes down to either an event, a virtual visit, or a care package. So for those ones that come in, we build up the care packages pretty custom. Like we have the kids' clothing size, what their interests are. Our big thing too is making sure the siblings are taken care of. So we get the siblings' interests, um, and we kind of just, yeah, go on shopping runs and putting together these packages like a kid might like video games and the sister likes Barbies and we kind of just put something catered to them and then we send that out. So that's one type of care package. The other one is we're partnered with uh, a few different hospitals and children's facilities across the United States. And because of HIPAA, we're not able to just say to the social worker, hey, can you send us 10 kids? Like they're not able to disclose that information. So we send generic care packages um that have you know we we have them diversified by age and gender and we just put in certain things that you know are pretty standard peppa pig you know (laughs) whatever it is and then each one has a gift card uh and now we send those out in mass to hospitals for the the hospitals to then give out to the families and then our info is there if they want to get in touch with us they totally can um from there which is always always fun to meet new families that way as well Oh, okay. And now you mentioned Peppa Pig and you mentioned baseball. So what, this makes me wonder, what are the age ranges that you are working with? Yeah. So we actually, we work with kids all ages, um, from really zero to 17. We usually sponsor, do the sponsorships for kids three to 17, just because some of these things that we're doing, they're really memorable. And, you know, like, yeah, we kind of want the kids to like remember what they're what they're going through and have it be yeah just just that moment for them. Um, but as far as care packages, yeah, we we send to you know infants and toddlers that are going through treatment as well. Oh, that's that's wonderful because sometimes they get left out. So they that's do. awesome. Yeah, I have a question. So let's pretend I'm 17 and I have a wish. You guys want to grant it and. I can't go until I'm 20. Would you do that carryover or how do you handle something like that? Yeah, we actually, we sponsored a 17 year old with colon cancer in February and his dream was to start his own charity to help the homeless. Um, So we're actually going through the process right now, helping him start his own 501c3 nonprofit. And he actually just turned 18 a couple months ago. So yeah, it was just one of those things. It's, you know, a technicality, but like, you know, yeah, with the sponsorship happen at 17. If the dream can't happen for medical reasons or right now COVID reasons, uh, which is a medical reason. But anyways, yeah, they, you know, we, we push it back. Oh, that's awesome. And do you use any life personal experience that you throw into your organization? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, like for me, being a performer for so long, I thought like my passion was music. And I, I love music still, but... Uh, my passion is people. So like being able to be part of something like one at a time, I'm still able to influence, impact, entertain. And I think just that part of my, my uh, personality was able to just obviously feel the brain and the culture of one at a time. So I think, yeah, I think it's a daily thing and it's evolved as I've gotten older and brought new team members and volunteers on. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think for sure, just like my, my life perspective, um, kind of, yeah, helped form what it is. That's fantastic. And uh, at the cancer community, including myself, is very thankful that you chose that path instead. <laughs> Thank <laughs> For you. For sure. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? 
No, I think the, the biggest thing, I guess, is just for people to be aware of what's going on. Because I think for me, I could have easily not checked in on my next door neighbor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there's just this world that's just, um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I didn't really know about it. I'm fortunate enough at this point in my life, I haven't had any family or, or you know, you know, have cancer. So I didn't see it my first 23 years of life. Um, you know, you, I've heard about it and I just never, I guess I never clicked on enough links, right? I never really looked into it. And to see Sam, to see Emily, to see Alec, all these kids go through this, it's unimaginable. And like, I just had this opportunity to essentially do or be whatever I want. And I guess I just feel like I have the bandwidth to help give those choices to these families and these children going through it. And I guess I just think everybody should give themselves an opportunity to look into that. Once again, I know not everybody wants to run a business or start a charity, but you can help. You can, you can donate five bucks. You can volunteer for a day. Um, and I just think that's, that's where the whole start of one at a time starts is just making that choice to spread good. One last question I almost forgot to ask. Um, do you guys plan on going worldwide, international? Yes, we, we actually did last year. Um, we, we started sponsoring and contributing to kids in the Philippines. So one of my board members, he works a lot in the Philippines. And we actually have a couple um, team members out in the Philippines, actually, for one at a time. And yeah, there, he was kind of, we were kind of toying around with the idea at our January board meeting. And he's like, oh, we should start helping kids in other countries, you know? And I'm like, we're still so small. But once again, I don't back down from anything. I'm like, yeah, we should do that. And by April, we were out in the Philippines. And our goal was to sponsor five kids in one week, which is huge for us because we sponsor like one kid a month, aside from all of our care packages and whatnot. We wanted to go big for five kids. And once we got out there, um, a lot of Filipino cancer families found out we were out there and we just got flooded with all these applications. And my whole thing is like, we're here right now. Let's figure this out. So I ended up renting a second story of a McDonald's and we sponsored 19 cancer families that week. Um, And it was just this, it just blew my mind to see how far our dollar goes. In, in other countries, you know, and I was like, wow, we were able to really make an impact and they were just so grateful. Um, so we went back in December and we were able to help over a hundred families. Um, and then we were going to keep, keep that momentum going this year. We started the year sending care packages, shoes, clothes, basic necessities to cancer families, and then COVID happened. So we're kind of on hold with that program right now, but yeah, we've helped a couple kids in Canada. We've been getting applications in from Africa, people from Africa, Australia, um, but we're we're still once again a very very small charity, and we will get there one day, someday, somehow. Um, but right now, the U.S. and the Philippines are our main our main uh, focus points. That's fantastic. And how many kids have you helped so far? Uh, wow, it's been it's been hundreds. The, the goal is to help a thousand kids this year. So I think overall, we probably help six seven hundred over the last five years. But we've gotten bigger and bigger every year. And my personal goal is to help a thousand kids just this year. So we just crossed the two, I think the 250, 260 points. So we're like really behind. But with some of these new partnerships we have, we're going to really expedite the process and help quite a few more kids the, the next six months. So I'm excited to uh, get to that road to 1,000. Thank you so much. And remember to check out my links on www.livingwithscanxiety.org backslash show notes. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Living with Scanxiety. Please subscribe to hear more informative discussions like today's. Music is courtesy of Ryan Hamner.